1: hurricane hotline on the home of the u am 560 and fm 96.5 hd2 wqam driven by williamson cadillac for value style and performance visit miami's premier luxury dealership click williamson cadillac.com now here's don billy jr and the voice of the hurricanes joe Zagaki.
2: all right welcome back hour number two thanks to jim Laronega, and hour number one got uh, Coach, you got 650 wins the other night, 650th win. Good for him. The other night at uh, Illinois, that was a great win, 180 at the University of Miami. He's taking University of Miami basketball to uh, some pretty unique places, to be quite honest with you. And you don't mean, two any, sweet, two, you don't mean Europe and you don't mean... No, <laughs> two sweet 16s, uh, two other NCAA uh, tournament bids, uh, as high as number, what, three or four in the country yep. a, couple, a couple years ago. Uh, so congratulations congratulations to Coach L, 650 wins. Greg Rousseau, uh, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Still to come on the show will be Will Mowry, Hurricanes tight end. Uh, but now we take more of a national view and also uh, more of an ACC view with Virginia and Clemson playing on Saturday. And joining us uh, now from ESPN is David Hale. David, good evening. How are you?
1: I'm well, guys. How are you?
2: Very good. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Wild week in, uh, well, I guess every week is wild in college football. Uh, But coming up the championship games, uh, Clemson and Virginia, what what did you make of uh, Dabo the other day uh, coming out? I I really didn't see a lot of it, but uh, I guess he was complaining that Clemson's not getting enough respect. All I know is every time I look on the scoreboard, they're scoring like 50 points a game.
1: Yeah, I think the Dabo is is he does a really good job of playing the you know Clark Griswold just you know all shucks type of guy. But he there's a lot more sort of Machiavellian tricks up his sleeve. I think that people don't necessarily appreciate. And when he says stuff like this, it is for a reason. He wants to get that out there. He wants people talking about the fact that the undefeated winning every, every game by 50 points, defending national champions are currently ranked third in the, in the playoff rankings. And, uh, look, I think you can make a valid case for Clemson. Uh, they have not played a particularly difficult schedule. That is through no, no fault of their own. They, they certainly aren't recruiting the guys to all of the other schools that they play. They aren't hiring the coaches there. Uh, they're just going out and doing what they have to do, and they've done it really, really well this year. I think you know the flip side is how do you not credit Ohio State and LSU for what they've done? Uh, they have gone out and beaten really good teams. So I, I think there's Dabo's not without some valid points here. Uh, on the other hand, I think he is probably uh, not going to get a ton of sympathy from folks when you're looking at Ohio State and, and LSU also playing the way that they're playing against a much tougher schedule.
0: But if he's if you're Dabo Sweeney and you're worried solely about your program, which is really what it all boils down to, it's given him some leverage with his on his players about building up the attitude that we've been forgotten and we're not respected, and you know it. <laughs> he, 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 it's helped him a lot too, in my opinion. I would prefer to be in his spot than sitting riding the number one wave week after week in the last yeah. couple of years because it's. You know, they, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, those players stop listening to you as much.
1: Well, it is the mad genius of Dabo Sweeney that he manages to do this. I remember talking to some folks after the national championship game last year, and Clemson goes out and blows the doors off of Alabama, and I said, "Well." There's one thing to come of this. Dabo won't be able to play the nobody believes in us card anymore, and darn if he is not able to do it somehow anyway. So I'm I'm wondering if he's maybe paying off the playoff committee to put them third because I I totally agree with you. This this certainly helps his job when it comes to motivating a bunch of guys who just went out and won a national championship last year And, and many of whom really don't have a whole ton to prove anymore at the college level, and yet here they are with a chip on their shoulder talking about being overlooked it it is it's sort of a hard hard thing to believe that that the team that uh, was destroying Alabama less than a year ago is the team playing the nobody believes in us card again this year but it's uh, it's it's Davo's wheelhouse and he certainly enjoys doing it
0: well I've seen in him more this year than ever before the an edge you know it seems like he's trying to he's he's putting out an edge nationally with his personality and he's expecting that to rub off on his team.
1: Yeah, and I mean look, this is the the thing. This is why a guy like Nick Saban is is such a genius and so brilliant at what he does is it is hard to get the same guys where expectations are that high every year to to go out every day. It's not just the Saturdays and, and particularly in the ACC, the Saturdays where you're probably not playing the best competition. It's the Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays where you're going out and getting ridden into the ground in practice and, and you know beating up your body and pushing yourself to new levels. That is a hard thing to tell guys to do when a lot of these guys got the NFL waiting for them in not too long, when most of these guys have a ring on their finger already from last year, it is really hard to do. And beyond that, you have a level of uh, external pressures, people that want more from you when you have a national championship trophy uh, from last year standing there. And I remember talking to Mac Brown about this, that he said, you know, after you won one at at Texas, the, the march to get there was really hard. But to keep it there was so much harder mm-hmm. because uh, you just start to realize all that comes into play when you are a national champion. And, and Davo's now done it twice. And I think he learned after the first one that, that you can't just sell the same mantra again, that you have to keep building, that you have to keep adjusting. And, and again, nobody's done that any better than Nick Saban. And, and in a modern day an age where where there's so many people talking about you and writing about you and and all of that. It, it, it's just it's a hard job, and I think what you're seeing from Gabo is sort of the the next level of what has to be done in order to not just build a national championship caliber team, but but maintain that team and that caliber of play over time.
2: I, w- I would pick up on that point, not to turn this into a a Miami segment. So I'll lump Miami, Florida, Florida State. Texas and USC into this, and that would be all. Those teams, including Miami, have been to the been to the top. Have had some of the greatest teams in the history of college football. Have obviously haven't have not been able to maintain that over the last ten years. And I swear to you, I think part of the reason is that everybody thinks, including the players, that if you wear the USC jersey, the Miami jersey, the Texas jersey, it, you're either a entitled to win or B, you're just going to win without anything that goes yeah. into actually winning.
1: And it's, it's an interesting thing, Like, and I've talked to multiple Miami coaches about this, is how much do you embrace the past and the history? Because it is a great thing. I mean, when you're selling Miami, of course you're selling the tradition and history of Miami. And the same goes for USC or Nebraska or places like that. Uh, but... By doing that, you are essentially kind of selling that that there is something inherently unique about being there that makes you good. And that's not it. The uniform is the same, but the players are different, the coaches are different, the expectations are different. But Let's be honest, the entire game of college football, the, the industry of college football, has changed markedly since the last time Miami was at the, the upper echelon level, really since USC or Nebraska. I mean, uh, Nebraska is one of those programs that I think we talk about now and wonder, honestly, has the game passed that that program by? I, I think Miami, you can still Florida state. USC, I think people mostly look at them and say, eventually things are going to get back on the right track. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't even know. I don't know about that either. There, there is, again, you have to sell the, the history of Miami because it's too good not to. But you also got to start selling with – in your own ranks, that uh, it takes more than just putting on that jersey to get to where Clemson is and where Alabama is and where um, certainly LSU and Ohio State think they are this year. It uh, is a long run. It's funny because I've uh, I got into a long sort of debate with some other ACC fan bases uh, on on Twitter this week about um, where, does, where does the ACC stand and how does the ACC kind of improve on what has been a pretty – bad image this year, and my point is that Florida State and Miami have to be good, because those are mm-hmm. programs that have the potential to get there, even if they're not, and, and others were saying, well, what about NC State, or what about North Carolina, or what about Virginia Tech? You know, we've done things, this or that, or whatever, and I'm like, you know, you, you can have a 10-win season every now and again, but I think, you know, 8-9 wins, teams can do that. 10-11-12 consistently, is such a challenge i think fans i think presidents and ab's even don't quite realize what it takes to be able to win at that level consistently and there's really i mean a handful of programs and a handful of coaches who have done it
2: listen uh wake force and duke god bless them and duke beat miami there were there were 8,000 people in the stands the other night. If. If that. Duke played Wake Forest and the weather is bad. There might have been 5,000 people in the stands. North Carolina, uh, Mac Brown did challenge their fan base this year. They did sell out their home games, but they also had Miami and Clemson at home this year. They care about basketball in the triangle, and that's why Miami and Florida State have to be better in football. And the league, by the way, uh, could help that situation. Nebraska is the interesting one, though. Nebraska, uh, we've had experience with Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We went out there, one of the great home venues in the nation. Unbelievable game day experience. Yeah. And then we played them in the Rose Bowl right now. That's back in 2000. And the move to the Big Ten, to me, did make sense in, in one respect for them, their fan base goes from Nebraska to California. It is a huge fan base, probably more bigger than most people would expect.
1: Yeah, it's funny we uh, we do you know analytics stuff for ESPN content, like who what fan bases are the most engaged, and consistently after Alabama, Nebraska is number two. I mean that is a huge and engaged fan base. Uh, but you know the questions are: Do you have do you have the recruiting ability to get enough good players there? I mean, I, I, again, that's a program that fired Bo Pelini after a bunch yeah. of nine and ten win seasons. Well, and they'd probably kill for nine and ten win seasons. Yeah, well, now. that's where they screwed I mean, really up because you, interesting you, dynamic.
2: You know what happens, David? When you get to nine, if you stay with it, you're going to get to eleven. You you might take a little step back, but if you stay with it, you'll get the ten or eleven. But people get the nine. Jim managed. Uh, God bless his soul. He used to say. Nine is hard to get to. If you get the nine, you're probably going to get the ten. Right. But you're going to have to persevere, and people don't want to do it. Uh, what do you about the – No patience anymore. What, no, no, no patience. Uh, before I let you go, ACC championship game, Virginia-Clemson now. Um, as I, When we start this uh, segment with you, uh, we were talking about the dominance of Clemson, and I think I read the number to Don last week. Clemson has gone over 50 points six times. I think it's six or seven times. And they had done it like five in a row. Uh, Virginia, have any chance on this game?
1: I just don't see it. Uh, And I think Bronco Mendenhall is a heck of a football coach. He's done wonders at that program. But just the sheer talent level disparity is night and day. And, you know, they're they're just – Virginia's not a very explosive team. I just – I don't know how you sustain drives consistently against – that Clemson defense, and uh, as as good as I think it's sort of a very good blue collar Bronco Mendenhall type of defense at, at Virginia. This, this Clemson offense is is cliffing on all cylinders right now. I think they ha- heard some critics early in the year, and uh, I would not be I would not want to be the defensive coordinator trying to figure out how to stop Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne right now. That that's that's a, a, t- a tough road to go down. So I think uh, last I saw the strike was. Somewhere around twenty-eight, yeah. I probably would go ahead and lay those points.
2: Trevor Lawrence, uh, he put on a show last week, so I think uh, people that were criticizing him, uh, and here at the end of the year, uh, he's hitting it full throttle now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, again, it was probably not a good idea to poke the bear because uh, you'd, angry Clemson and the... You'd much rather have Clemson be apathetic about the playoffs. Angry Clemson could be could be a tough one.
2: By the way, I don't know what the line would be if it's uh, Clemson versus LSU or Clemson versus Ohio State, and uh, we start talking about Clemson being number three in this thing, and and Dabo being upset, I would be upset too. I I think they should be one or two, and if I'm Clemson, if I'm a uh, Ohio State or LSU or whoever else is going to get in there, I guess Georgia or Utah, uh, I don't want to play Clemson. Joe,
0: I I I would tell you guys, I I think that they should be one or two. I got no problem with that. I'd much rather be three or four if I'm Dabo Sweeney because I would, I would aggravate my team to death about th- being disrespected. Yeah. And I think it's such a huge, huge mental advantage to him to be the underdog for a change.
1: And, he, you know, look, he likes it. He likes the role. I think, you know, whether, whoever they're playing it doesn't bother him either. I mean, I think he You're right. has his team convinced that they are, are more than capable of going out and handling anyone. And uh, you know the other the funny thing is is if you look back over this recent history of uh, of Clemson's success and they they're going on every year since 2011 they've won double digit games and they go to their bowl games or they play these non conference games where they're the underdog they're they're you know they're given points they're getting points and uh, they aside from those two games that they have lost to Alabama they win them all you know and it was I, I've seen bad ish Clemson teams like the 2014 one when Deshaun Watson was out go and spank Oklahoma in a bowl game when Clemson wasn't supposed to win and I've seen him go against Alabama when they weren't supposed to win and win those games too I think he is perfectly happy being told they're not supposed to win or they're not Mm -hmm. as good as these other guys that's perfectly fine with him.
2: If it goes as expected this weekend Ohio State Clemson LSU win uh Who's number four, Oklahoma, if they beat Baylor? Who who gets in? Is it Oklahoma or Utah?
1: Boy, it's really – not- it would certainly, based on, based on what the committee put out last night, it certainly would look like Utah. I would say maybe even the more interesting uh, team to discuss would be Baylor, too, because they – Dominated the first half of that game against Oklahoma, and then obviously completely fell apart. But if they managed to come back and eradicate the one, I mean that's a one-loss team, but they could get revenge for that one loss. And now you're saying, look, we've beaten everyone who was on our schedule this year. Nobody else can say that other than the three that are in. I think Baylor would have a good chance, or a good a good case to be made, uh, and and you know add in wins over Oklahoma State and Iowa State and Kansas State and some some other pretty decent wins for them too. I think Baylor has a conversation. Uh, Oklahoma, I think, is would be in the mix, but I, I, I think Utah probably has the inside track right now. And then, you know, look, we were here this last year at the same time where Georgia almost knocked off Alabama, and all the Georgia fans thought they belonged in the playoff, too. So I'm going to guess we have not heard the last of Georgia's case on this, regardless of how that game comes out, too.
2: All right, very good. David, thanks so much for joining us. You've been a great guest. Thank you.
1: Hey, thanks for having me,
2: guys. All right, that's uh, David Hale joining us on the Hurricane Hotline. Uh, Will Mowry is going to be with us next. Uh, Then we're going to have a little segment by ourselves, but let me leave you with this for a moment going into the break. Uh, Miami, Florida, Florida State. Well, every team in the state, as a matter of fact. Missed on Lamar Jackson.
0: Teddy Bridgewater.
2: Missed on Teddy Bridgewater. That's right. You know who the quarterback of Utah is now for the fourth year, right? From Hollandale. Kid from Hollandale.
0: That's right. And Florida. Any, any
2: one of those guys landing in orange and green or gardening in gold, that changes your – the programs probably aren't where they are right now.
0: The big three missed on the first-round draft pick. Bortles. Bortles to yeah. Jacksonville, too.
2: So uh, James Coley would always get a lot of uh, criticism. I don't know why. And Meanwhile, he's the offensive coordinator of Georgia, and they're playing for the championship on Saturday. <laughs> right. Right. The championship. Playing for the SEC championship. Oh, we can't call plays. Really? Well, then the SEC championship.
0: What are you going to do? I don't know. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.
1: And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.